Hi everyone, my name is Miles Surratt and I serve as the Associate Director of Campus Activities and Events at Clemson University. I'm also happy to be your host for the NASPA Leadership Podcast presented by the Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. I'm excited today to welcome several leadership practitioners to discuss what's going on with leadership programs on their campuses. The hope is this conversation will bring a new idea to the table or fix a problem for you. My first guest is Taylor Stokes, who currently serves as the Assistant Director of Leadership Initiatives in the Brown Center for Leadership Service, Student Activities, and Involvement at the University of Florida. Previously, Taylor held roles at the University of Leicester in the United Kingdom, the University of Central Florida, and Rollins College. Taylor holds undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Central Florida. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you. You have my whole bio. I love it. I do. I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn, I think, makes bios a lot oh, easier. Oh, right, so, right, right, right. Yeah kind of kind of <laughs> scoot things along there um all right so taylor i wondered um what have you and your team observed about your students that's new this year yeah um one thing that's really inspiring and, and exciting is that our students have a strong desire to take action and in a lot of different ways and so um, over the past year there's been a lot of events and movements and policies throughout the country uh, that have really affected our students and in Florida specifically there's been uh, a lot of challenging events and so I consistently hear our students ask how can I make an impact um, and they're seeking opportunities to unite with each other to engage in dialogue and really take action so as leadership educators we're just trying to support our students uh, in these initiatives and um, want to guide them through the skills needed to be great leaders at the university and, and trying to be really intentional about how we uh, engage with those students who want to make an impact on campus. Okay, great. Um, I wondered what, uh, what new projects are y'all developing? Um, so at UF and specifically in the Brown Center, uh, through the last year we've talked through about uh, some of our programming that's really a, a one retreat, one workshop, one event, uh, something that's what we might call one and done programming. And so we're trying to rethink that and see how can we engage more consistently with the student over a semester uh, and have more uh, points of development throughout the year um, and really expand that experiential learning process. And so uh, we've transitioned some of our programs into cohort models to where it's six weeks or semester long. Uh, and we really just want to maximize that learning process. And so uh, we think with longer programming and more intentional uh, experiences for the students, we've been able to help them implement their learning. Uh, and so, and we want it to be very specific to their context. And so uh, how can we apply this to their academics, to the research that they're doing, to their student or, uh, organizations um, and different community work. So we've done this in a couple different ways. And so one way uh, that we're still developing and, and working through is uh, instilling faculty members and leadership coaches um, in a lot of our different programs to have that coaching experience where they can really um, reflect and have a deeper connection to people on campus. Uh, different um, ways that we've done this is through some of our graduate student programs. Um, you know, with our biomedical researchers and health science students, we did a program where really connected all of um, our leadership training with them to their specific context and research and worked really great with our faculty members um, and academic partners in that way. And then through our Servant Leader Institute, really elongating that and focusing on case studies. And so um, finding people in the community, uh, different profit and nonprofit groups that can share their experiences. Um, every week we're going to different partners uh, throughout Gainesville to help share how are they um, building coalitions, how are they creating change in their community and how can our organizations model that, uh, model servant leadership in that way and be part of those uh, initiatives or just learn from, from the things that they're doing. And so we're trying to really um, increase that reflection, 
increase uh, how they can really then apply that, practice it and apply it back to the University of Florida. Mm. Wow, that sounds, I mean, it's really positive, I would imagine, that what y'all are working on sounds very much in line with the new things that you've observed about your students. You know, I mean, those things seem very um, hand in hand, so. Yeah, we really want to find ways that, um, to give them that tangible support of how to make change in the community and how to make change on campus and how to really be that leader that they want to be, right? Everyone, everyone wants to be the leader, right? They want to, they want to say that they've done X, Y, and Z initiatives. And so, um, giving them the tools to be successful at that, to build those skills that are needed, to have those competencies, to be, um, really those strong leaders, to create sustainable change within the community, um, and with, and on campus is so important. We want to build, uh, make sure our students are set up for success and, and build the skills needed to do that. Hmm. So what do you, what do you, what do y'all see that's happening on your campus that's affecting leadership programs? What, um, you know, what sort of impacts are you seeing that, that are going on in your specific context? Yeah, so in, in my office specifically, uh, we're doing and working on internal CAS reviews. And so that, of course, is affecting everything that we do. And as I'm sure, as um, offices across campus are making sure that they're aligned in the best way possible with um, best practices. And so um, we're you know, taking a hard look at our learning outcomes, taking a hard look at the focus of our entire um, area and, and our goals that we have and how can we really make sure that we are serving our students in the best way and um, really making sure that all of our programs build on top of each other, that we're telling a story, that we are talking about, you know, from our perspective, we are part of student activities and involvement. And so how are we defining involvement and leadership within that uh, as an entire department? Um, and how are we speaking that same language of leadership, um, not only within our department, but then also across campus. And so really taking a look at our CAS reviews and how can we um, make sure that uh, if any changes need to happen, that we have a great opportunity to do that now during this internal review process and, um, you know, looking forward to see what those outcomes are and, and how we can make modifications to really strengthen everything that we do. Hmm. Okay. So something that uh, that we've been seeing at Clemson that I'm just sort of curious about your uh, your thoughts on this are, how are you driving turnout to your leadership programs? What are you doing to, to make sure that you're filling those seats and you know, that folks are coming out and engaging with the programming that you really, you know, believe in. Yeah. So we're certainly, as we're, uh, we're not afraid of a lot of strategic emails to a lot of strategic partners, right? And so I think that's kind of the, the natural fallback in terms of driving um, attendance to different programs. Uh, and that's sort, certainly, I think, the cornerstone of a lot of what we do. But uh, beyond that, I think collaborations and partnerships with different academic units has been key for us. Um, we've had different academic units approach us. We've approached different academic units to really do partnership and collaborations on some specific programming for students. And so that's been really successful uh, because then they bring their students to the table, which is really nice. We just actually a couple weeks ago um, worked with uh, faculty members who provided extra credit for their students to attend some of our programs um, that were really focused on their subject areas. And so that was uh, great to be able to um, extend our reach beyond maybe the typical undergraduate student that would be interested and have um, some really tailored programming to make sure that it's fitting the context of their um, of their situation. Uh, and then also, I mean, we have different, and I don't know at, 
um, Clemson, if, if this is similar, but of course, you know, leadership's very popular across campus. And so a lot of people are doing great work in leadership across the University of Florida in different um, schools and in different areas. And so collaborating with them, right? And, and making sure that we are working together, that we can share opportunities whenever that's possible and share resources. If we can co-sponsor events, if we can um, work together to get speakers to campus, um, I think that that increases our reach and really, um, you know, just helps unify such a large campus anyway, right? It helps make it feel a little smaller when we're working together and um, and trying to maximize the opportunities. We also have um, leadership development um, majors and graduate programs and, and a whole academic unit around that. And so making sure that we're um, bringing as many people into the conversation as possible and being really that hub for leadership um, at UF. Mm. Okay. Great. Well, Taylor, thanks for coming and uh, sharing about the Brown Center for Leadership Service, Student Activities, and Involvement at the University of Florida. It's great to hear y'all's perspective. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, have a great rest of your day. Megan Webster currently serves as the Assistant Director of Leadership and Professional Development in the Academic and Career Development Center at Fairfield University. Megan previously held roles at Elms College, the University of Rhode Island, and Salve Regina University. Megan completed her undergraduate work at the University of Connecticut and her graduate degree at the University of Rhode Island. Welcome, Megan. <laughs> Hi, Miles. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I wondered if you could start We're uh, trying to uh, share some new ideas that may be bubbling up and try to maybe even fix some problems that are happening on folks' campuses. So I wondered, um, what have you and your team observed about about your students that's new this year? Yeah, so it's a great question, actually, in preparing for this, that's the one that I think was hardest to come up with. Um, I think that there are both positives and negative things that we've noticed. Um, the first to note, however, is that my office, despite overseeing leadership and professional development, falls in, as Miles mentioned, the Academic and Career Development Center. So my boss at Fairfield University is our Career Center Director, which for me, having worked in leadership programs for a number of years, has been really fascinating and interesting because I'm doing the same leadership work that I always did, but it has this career spin, and we focus a lot with the NACE competencies and how to infuse those in our, in our leadership programs. So a lot of what I notice comes um, from more my peaked interest in looking at the career and leadership combination. Um, one thing that I, I'll start with the positive. So one thing that I observed this year is that there's more of a drive, I think, for leadership and career development from our students than at least I personally have noticed in the past. And that's totally anecdotally, but what first came to mind was how last week we had our career fair, and I saw many, many, many of my student leaders there who are in my leadership program, and the majority of students that I saw were first, or I shouldn't say majority were first years, there were a handful of first years, but there were a lot of sophomore students um, and that we didn't have, or at least I felt I didn't see as many of our senior students who are usually there. And so we do have a lot of underclassmen who go looking for internship opportunities because we tell them over and over again the importance of those opportunities. Um, so I think that's something that's interesting. And, and this year at the career fair again, just last week, I was like, wow, I can't believe how many sophomore students there are that went through the leadership program with me last year. Um, so I, I think that's one thing that, that's positive that I've observed and noticed because we definitely incorporate the career and the career fair into our leadership programs. I think more, I would say, on the areas of improvement or perhaps the negative side of things that I've observed. 
um, is some type of avoidance and uh, avoiding conflict. And that's something that last year, or I should say about a year and a half ago now, we formed a leadership and professional development committee on campus that our office chaired, which had an assistant dean from each of our academic schools. And the goal was to incorporate or come up with leadership competencies that were the same for all students, regardless of major or school of study. So it wasn't major specific, it was general leadership skills we felt that all, we wanted all of our Fairfield University students to have once they graduated. Um, and that was a big one that came up um, and we used a lot with the social change model to look at that controversy um, with civility and talking about conflict specifically. Uh, we noticed, especially after last year's election, the inability of our students to really engage with the other side, and that's what really sparked the conversation. So I think that's something that's definitely continued. I'm noticing it in the classroom uh, with our students, specifically in the leadership program, if, if it's kind of a touchy subject. Um, it's something that they, I think, avoid or they don't engage fully because they don't want to, I think, irritate or annoy the person on the other side um, of their view. So I wouldn't say that that one's totally new this year, but I think it's definitely evolved and changed and it's impacted some of the work that we're doing. Uh, for example, and I'll talk about this when we talk about new projects, but we have a new living leadership program for upperclassmen this year, and we actually incorporated, we're doing conflict in groups and, and more on group development instead of just talking about group development theory, we're doing a lot of hands-on um, like role playing through conflict to get them to actually figure out how to engage and how to make conflict a positive thing and something to grow from rather than a, oh, you know, we disagree. I'm, I'm not going to totally engage with you right now. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I wonder particularly about the sort of conversation across difference if we're like, if we're seeing that like develop not as like a an instance or a one-off or a uh a sort of occurrence and it's becoming more of a habit yeah you know, like I just <clears throat> I wondered about that a little bit yeah so Megan can you tell me what new projects are y'all developing yeah uh, so I think the the first uh one that really came to mind and easiest is the one that I just mentioned which is the living leadership program um, so here at Fairfield, we have the Redefining Leadership Program, which is a program for first-year students in their second semester, so it happens every spring. And out of a freshman class of about a 1,000 students, we I should say last year we had almost 200 students in it, and it's run exactly like a class. So it's not for credit, um, it's co-curricular, but it runs once a week, there's a syllabus, and I run eight sections, and I have staff from across the university that teaches it. So redefining leadership in the past three years that I've been at Fairfield has been a huge success and something that the university and, and many faculty members and dean's offices have bought into and helped us support, which is great. One thing that we noticed is that um, post redefining leadership, there were all these, do you do this again next year type of questions, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and so we wanted to develop something. From the leadership perspective, I felt as if we, we offer this really intensive leadership program for first year students. Many of them uh, opted into what we call sophomore success, which is a career preparation program also run through the Academic and Career Development Center. Um, they probably average similar numbers of um, maybe 100 to 120 if I, if I had to guess. 
Um, but their program was hugely successful, not necessarily focused on leadership, but more so incorporating those leadership experiences and just general career preparation. It was also run in the same way as redefining leadership as a weekly class that is not for credit. Um, but again, pulled huge numbers and support from the university. So we had many students that went from redefining leadership to sophomore success and then junior year and senior year, it's kind of like, eh, what, like, what am I supposed to do? I think a lot of our students got their leadership development from, uh, um, their leadership positions on campus, but we were noticing that there were a lot of students who weren't necessarily in these high-level leadership roles on campus, and I felt like we were kind of missing the boat for them. So, and even those who are in sophomore success, there was sophomore success really only runs in the fall. So what we did is we built living leadership, which now runs, um, technically they could be sophomores, juniors, or seniors. Um, but it runs in the spring semester. So I have a, a bunch of sophomores in my class right now that did sophomore success in the fall and then want to keep going. So they're doing living leadership in the spring. Um, the living leadership was the brainchild of that committee that I mentioned earlier, the leadership and professional development one, um, where we had representatives from, from campus wide. So it, it was chaired by ACDC, the, the center where I am, um, but we had two representatives from student affairs because our center does fall within academic affairs. Um, we had an assistant dean or representative from each of the academic schools. So the competencies that were developed were in essence then mapped into living leadership and mapped into our redefining leadership program. So what we did was uh, based on some of those competencies and those outcomes, we moved some of the content from redefining leadership to living leadership and vice versa. Um, we did move some things around. Um, but living leadership kicked off this spring and it's something that we hope to grow moving forward. The only stipulation being that you would have had to have completed redefining leadership. Um, so we are planning next year to offer redefining leadership for upperclassmen for students who missed the boat their freshman year starting in the fall. So living leadership is the big one with the focus on how do you live leadership and live these theories. Um, there's definitely, I think, a stronger career component and a stronger career um, touch to that one because a lot of our conversations or dialogues are focused on why would an employer care about this or how could you use this in the in the workplace versus how do you use this just in your student organization or the leadership uh, role that you're in on campus. So living leadership is, is a big, I feel like, what's taking up most of my time currently. <laughs> um, but other than that, some of the other projects that we're developing is we're growing our Disney leadership program, which was brand new. We just ran our second trip in January. Um, we, I had a student who I actually had in class in our uh, first year experience leadership section that wanted to do a Disney full semester internship. At our institution, uh, students aren't able to do that. They do have to withdraw from the university. So we have students who do it, but there's not a huge number. Um, and she was not able to do that. And so she actually reached out and said, I saw these classes that Disney offers online. Can we go? I talked to my boss. She was interested. We ran a few info sessions and uh, it's been really smooth, or smooth moving since then. So the Disney Leadership Program is one that we piloted last year. And then this past January, we ran a bigger version. Um, so that's one that we're really, really trying to fine tune um, and figure out what the magic number is um, and what are all the components every year. Granted, it's only been two, <laughs> but it's changed a little bit where we're there for five days. We take three classes, uh, culture of excellence, techniques of teamwork and leadership strategies. We also coordinate with all of our alumni who work at Disney. Um, and there aren't many, but they're all <laughs> willing to come. Um, and we do an alumni networking where they give out kind of general career tips for post-life at Fairfield. 
Um, but they also talk a lot about how to get into the Disney program, what it's like to work there, and just honestly, the students get to ask them anything they ever wanted to know about Disney World. This year they were really focused on, you know, Tinkerbell and how do you get picked to be the Tinkerbell during the Happily Ever After Firework show. Um, so we do kind of do a little bit of everything including a full semester of prep work for uh, leadership. We do Disney's um, Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell. We read his book. Um, so we focus a lot on those leadership strategies for Disney, um, and we focus on a large uh, strengths component for pre-trip preparation. So that's, uh, I would say, a relatively new project that we're just working to develop and fine-tune um, and really prepare them for when we get to Disney so it's not like a, hey, everybody, uh, you know, meet each other and now we're going to go to class. They kind of have a, a strong background uh, for leadership moving into the Disney leadership program. Um, so those two, I would say, are kind of our big ones right now. And other than that, it's since we developed those competencies and those outcomes last year, it's really been fine tuning and mapping those and kind of reevaluating the current programs that we have. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, yeah, no, that, that all is uh those are certainly new projects. I can imagine that would take up your time. So yeah. um, what have you noticed on your campus that's really affecting what you're doing with leadership? Um, so honestly, my first thought when I saw this question is I was like, I feel like there's nothing major. And then I was like, but we just got a new president and we just hired a new provost and we have two new deans. So, um, you know, I think right now we're kind of in the, the holding pattern of we just had a new president come in um, this past year. We actually just got an email last week that our, we uh, hired a new provost um, who will be starting I think effective in July um, we just had a new dean for the arts and sciences start we're hiring a dean for the school of engineering um, so I think it'll be fascinating to see what changes we might see in priorities or structure or needs or wants from our university senior leadership um, so right now especially as we wait for the new provost to come in um, I feel like we're kind of on hold a little bit to see in starting any major initiatives um, and just waiting to see the vision that that new person brings in. Um, so if you were to ask me this question next year, I'm sure I would have a different answer. Um, but for right now, those are kind of the, the moving pieces that we have that I think will impact the work that we have next year in our office. Hmm. Okay, great. Well, um, answer this for me is something I think that uh, folks I, I've heard a lot of conversation about and so I'm just curious how are how are you all driving turnout to your leadership programs yeah so uh, this was the question that actually kind of excited me the most when I saw them um, we at Fairfield I think so we have a four-year residency requirement which definitely I think impacts our student turnout and I think one would think you have all of your students living on campus you must get great turnout and I think the truth is is that we offer so many different things that overlap that it almost kind of uh, I wouldn't say it waters it down but we're forcing students to kind of choose what they want to be involved in or invested in because we run so many things on our campus especially in the evenings um, so there's a couple things that we've done and we've also failed multiple times like you you know where we run a leadership workshop or event and I'm like oh there's there's three people this is good um, but then at the same time we've build had... those deep relationships you know really <laughs> yeah. get really well, get to know quality them. over quantity yeah really get to know those three folks <laughs> Um, but at the same time, we've also had great success in changing some of our structures um, to make it so we have more students. So I will share um, with our redefining leadership program, I think one of the things that helps us the most in what I hear back anecdotally from students is that it's the, uh, the nomination letter. They get receive a formal letter on letterhead saying that they've been nominated for the program. So we do a big push in 
must come out, I think, probably just before Thanksgiving, um, to faculty and staff, and most importantly, student leaders um, to nominate first-year students. So we get a lot of our new student leaders who teach in the first-year experience program with an instructor who nominate students from their classes. And I think that's where we get the most from, but we do absolutely have faculty and staff as well. And those students get a special letter along with we have some of our schools on campus. So for example, the Dolan School of Business on our campus um, has what is called PDS, which is the Professional Development Series, and it's a point-based, um, more so career-oriented program, and there's different levels. And they get a prize at the end of each level. So I would say uh, the majority of students in our School of Business are part of that program. So we were able to work with the School of Business to incorporate redefining leadership as an option to complete some of their requirements. So if I were to look right now, um, and consistently each year, the, the first year students from the School of Business in our program is probably about 65%. It's, it's a huge chunk. Mm. Um, and so those professional development series, PDS programs, um, are now actually being created and moved into the other three schools as well on our campus. So nursing, engineering, and arts and sciences. Um, but that is a huge, I think, extra incentive. So what I do at the School of Business is they send me the students who are currently enrolled in level one, so the first year students, and they get a special you've been nominated by the School of Business letter. Um, so those nomination letters are huge. I had a student last year in her portfolio presentation at the end of the year um, say that when she was at home, and, and she's from Puerto Rico, that she was seen as a leader and someone, uh, a person that students and, and staff at her school always turned to, and she hadn't felt that at Fairfield. And she said it wasn't until she got a letter where she was like, someone actually acknowledges and sees me as a leader on this campus. And she said that's the whole reason why she applied. And it was kind of, I remember her talking about it in her presentation, and I was like, I had always thought that the letters were helpful and I had heard that from students, but it was the first time where I was like, wow, like she's here because of that letter and she said that in her in her presentation so the letters are a huge piece for us um, with living leadership I went around and asked them this year why are you here this is a brand new program you don't know if it's good or bad like why why what made you sign up and a lot of them said there were two answers that almost everyone said one is I know employers want leadership skills <laughs> I was like it's a very vague term but yes um, and so we'll talk about that and then the other is there were a lot of students honestly who are regulars in our career center um, who were like, I was told that this would be something good and something to apply for, um, you know, positive for their resume. So that's in, in turn tweaked a lot of the dialogue we have in class um, around some of the leadership models as to, we love this model in higher ed, but do you think your employer knows what the social change model is? Um, and having conversation around there. Um, the last one that I'll mention um, is how we incentivize with, I wouldn't say gifts, but like absolutely the giveaways. Um, I run a program, the Senior Launch Program, so I work a lot with the first years and now upperclassmen with Living Leadership, and then I work with the Life After, I, my boss and I run the kind of Life After Fairfield um, preparation program and and since I started we've every year we've dramatically changed it because my first year we didn't get a lot of numbers so we changed it the second year it increased a tiny bit um, but not enough we were like something has got to change um, and so we actually revamped it to run almost like living leadership and redefining leadership where we picked one night so it runs every Wednesday from this uh, when students return in January through spring break we provide them with dinner we opt in and if you there's nine programs if they 
attend seven of the nine, they are automatically entered for a senior week commencement ball ticket, which is valued at, I think, about 110 bucks. Um, so that's a huge one. All of them are like, and it's funny because they're like, I can't go next week, but I'm still entered for the commencement ball ticket, right? Um, and those who attend the seven out of the nine will also receive a senior class um, beach towel. So that was one way that we decided to kind of incentivize um, you know, in, in the completion of the program. And we've gone from, in our senior launch series in the past years, we've maybe touched a total of 55 or 60 students. We average about 50 students um, plus, maybe sometimes 60 with our bigger ones per event now. Mm. Um, so, and we, we tried from the first year to the second year, we did change it and there wasn't a huge increase. This one dramatically increased it for us. And I think a lot of it has to do with the structure and of course now dinner, but um, it, it's absolutely helped us in, in driving turnout to some of those programs as well. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I've been thinking a lot about specifically targeted um, outreach and um, yeah I, I think that it's there's so much noise that it helps people filter through and like really stop and mm -hmm. not only you know I think that not only does it make them stop and think like oh specifically people think that I this might work for me but there is also the piece where um, it is sort of a, affirming and a you know in a process that can sometimes feel kind of anonymous for folks so. yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah all right, well, Megan, thanks for coming and talking about uh, academic and the Academic and Career Development Center at Fairfield University. ACDC, that's, uh, that is really uh, very high on the list of fun acronyms yeah. in higher ed. It is, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Megan. All right, thanks, Miles. Dr. John Merrick currently serves as the direct Director of Leadership and Campus Life at Oklahoma State University prior to OSU. John Mark served in various roles at uh, Texas Christian University. John Mark completed his undergraduate work at TCU, holds master's degrees from TCU and Dallas Theological Seminary, and earned his doctorate from Vanderbilt. Welcome, John Mark. Smiles, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Uh, before we shift into the real questions, I know people are on the edge of their seat and they're wanting to know, what's the status of the target in Stillwater? So, we it's, it's pending. I've been told not to ask that question anymore. The Chamber of <laughs> Commerce is getting tired of, of asking. Rumor has it in the next census, if we can hit 50,000 people, then we're going to be back up for serious consideration. So ask me again in, in 2021. Okay. We'll see how, we go, how we do. Well, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. So. I appreciate that. Sorry, sorry to hear about your falling out with the Chamber. It's, there. it's so. okay. <laughs> oh, the business community has turned against you. All right. So... John Mark, can you tell me, what have you and your team observed about your students that's new this year? You know, we are definitely seeing an increase in political activism among our students. And, you know, the Nessie and things like that were telling us to expect that at a national level, and it is absolutely playing out. We have seen increased protesting on campus, uh, and, and not in a negative way, but definitely students who are making their voices heard that's created some new challenges for us. One of the ones that I think we weren't expecting is this question of who actually gets to speak for a population. And so mm. we, we've had a couple of competing sort of student voices sort of claiming to be the voice of their population uh, with some conflicting interests sometimes. And so navigating that has been an, an interesting challenge, mm. making sure that everybody is heard uh, and making sure that everybody you know, feels and knows that they are heard and, and being paid attention to. 
Uh, I think we've also seen some real positives come out of this. Uh, we are stu seeing students really making a point to get involved in the community. You know, the nice side of being in a small college town, the flip side to no, no target is that <laughs> Stillwater is a community that it's very, very easy for our students to get engaged. Mm. Uh, and, and so they have and are forming relationships with the city council. We're hosting the mayoral debate on campus in a few weeks. And so our students are really uh, getting that civic learning uh, in some very hands-on and tangible ways that I don't know that they would have the opportunity to do in sort of a larger city or, or a larger context. Mm -hmm. And I'm really encouraged by that, by these students really deciding to step up and make their voices heard both on campus, but also in the community. And, and I'm very proud for some of those efforts that are going on. Mm. Okay. What, uh, what new projects are y'all working on? One of the current things that we are looking at right now is a real focus on leadership development for sophomores and juniors. And so we have had some great sort of legacy historical programs targeting incoming students. So cohort scholarship programs for students who have been admitted to OSU. Uh, but I think we see so much leadership development that happens in, in that first year of college that a student who may have walked through our door at the beginning not necessarily thinking of themselves as a leader, by the time they finish their first year, they've, they've really started to develop some of those skills. And so we want to enable those students to take that next step in their development. Mm. Folks who didn't have the chance to do big leadership things in high school. And so we're wanting to make sure that we are really targeting sophomores and juniors with their leadership development. So uh, we have started developing some small cohort programs for students throughout their sophomore and junior year that will uh, merge community engagement uh, and civic literacy with their uh, leadership development. And so they'll take what they learn on campus and then go out and apply it in the community. Mm. And so this focus on, on those students is, is gonna be really, really beneficial for us. We're also really looking at how we can infuse more and better leadership development in through our student organizations mm. uh, as well as through student employment and so we mm -hmm. have uh, taken a big look at what students actually learn by working on campus we did a survey with our student union student employees recently based on the iowa grow model and one of the things that we found that really was exciting to us is student employees who work in the student union their number one learning outcome was learning how to work with people who are different from them. Mm. And we thought, what a cool byproduct, right? Nobody signed up for a job in a coffee shop with that as their end game. But that's what they learned by having this job. And so now we're thinking, okay, so this is happening with us doing nothing, right? This is happening as a byproduct of their job. What could happen if we're really intentional about this? Mm. Really helping students because we know, particularly as you look at students across income levels, uh, some of our low SES students don't join student organizations. That's not, they're either not available or they don't see that as an option for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so how do we take things that they are doing, academics, employment, and really make sure that there's great leadership learning through that? Mm. So really, we're really, really excited about some of those opportunities for that leadership development and some of those more non-traditional formats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really, I think it's a really thoughtful observation and something that 
always have to balance related to resources and time yeah. um, for for folks who may need to may need to be earning money to support themselves um, and, and don't have the privilege to be able to do that um, so you mentioned student activism a little bit uh, anything else happening on your campus that you really feel like is affecting your leadership programs you know the state of Oklahoma has been in uh, some budgetary issues for the past several years uh, like like many states uh, but we have seen some significant declining support for education really at, at, at all levels and so what that means is like many states like many institutions we are continually facing budget cuts mm-hmm. uh, those budget cuts don't even always come at the beginning of the process but sometimes with three months left in the fiscal year you have to give back you know millions of dollars uh, and and so Obviously, that has really affected our ability to just sort of put things out there without being very intentional about it. Mm. We, there's, there's no extra, and, and I would say there's not even enough. And mm. so we have to be very thoughtful about how do we make sure that we're delivering this leadership learning, this leadership education, within the context of what we have currently, because there's not going to be any more. And so using our current resources, how are we creative about finding these free ways for students to learn, about providing these opportunities for students? And then at the same time, we have also seen some success this year uh, in in reaching out to some of our business partners for resources. And so we have been able to find some corporate sponsors for some of these things that we're hoping to do. You know, employers, the NACE survey tells us that leadership skills is one of the top things that employers look for out of college graduates. Mm And so we've actually gotten a lot of traction this year by going to employers to say, look, we know this is what you want from our students, so help us provide them that leadership education during their undergraduate experience. Mm-hmm. And so we have gotten grants from employers and, and we have uh, had people come in and really partner with us to develop these leadership education programs for students. And so that's exciting. We see some folks in, in the state and some of our community partners really taking ownership of this leadership education idea, really buying into it, uh, and we're finding unique ways to provide resources because of that. And so that's something we're, we are excited about right now. Mm. Okay, gotcha. What did they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. That's exactly right. And so we are being very inventive because uh, there is there's a lot of necessity, a lot of need right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I wondered, uh, this is something that I've, that I've seen in conversations with other folks, and um, so I just wondered, how are, y'all, how are y'all driving turnout to your leadership programs? We have found, really, the best way is, is word of mouth for us. Mm. And so, <clears throat> you know, students have very deep and robust social networks, mm. not just the actual social networking, but their, their, their networks, their social capital, and so we have found some big success by really asking students to invite other folks along, do two nominations, to give us uh, the names and details of people who might be interested in things. Uh, we have also done that with our advisors on campus, folks on the academic side, making sure that they know what we're doing and the value of that. And so that way, as they are talking with students, because on our campus, you know, every student meets with an advisor and some meet with them fairly regularly. So when they know what we're doing, they can then pass that information along to students. Students are much more likely to attend uh, when someone has 
said to them, hey, this would be a really good opportunity for you. This is something that I think you would enjoy. Uh, and so, you know, as low tech and lo-fi as it is, word of mouth really is driving a lot of turnout for us in a mm-hmm. lot of these things. Uh, we are also trying to be intentional uh, with our different populations on campus, with different students of of really reaching out and working with those student leaders to help them find those connections in their organizations. So for instance, we just, our, our Allied Arts program, which is a performing arts series on campus, we just did a, a presentation of The Mountaintop, which is a play that tells, uh, the, it's a dramatic telling of the last night of Dr. Martin Luther King's life. Mm-hmm. It's this fantastic, phenomenal theatrical performance. And in putting that on, we did a lot of work with our uh, Black Student Union and Afro AM, and not just sort of going and making announcements at meetings, but actually sitting down with students to say, how will this be a meaningful event? How will this be a useful event for you? And so it wasn't just sort of talking at students, but it was really creating this collaboration to put this event on. And that was a huge success. It was very, very well attended because again, students understood uh, how this was going to benefit them, their role in this, and how they could relate and connect to this. So mm. it's pounding the pavement and making connections and just getting that word out and actually talking with folks. That, for me, is going to continue to be the most successful strategy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, that's been a, a theme from today is really, um, you know, leveraging relationships and really targeted outreach. Not like a Not like a big net. Not like, you know, sort of uh, in like an antiseptic way, throwing ideas out, but like really, you know, reaching out to folks and, and being intentional with conversations. Yeah. I mean, I love like creative Instagram posts and things like that. And I think those are really valuable. Um, but nothing's going to, in my opinion, ever replace, yeah, those personal relationships, those one-on-one contacts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. All right, well, John Mark, thanks for sharing about what y'all are doing in leadership and campus life at Oklahoma State. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for the NASPA Leadership Podcast presented by the NASPA Student Leadership Program's Knowledge Community. You can get more information about our KC and the various social media outlets, including facebook.com backslash SALead, on Twitter at NASPA SLPKC, and on Instagram at NASPA underscore SLPKC. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Miles, that's M-Y-L-E-S underscore Surrett. S-U-R-R-E-T-T. And finally, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, we'd love to hear about your programs. So please shoot an email over to naspaleaderpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, John Mark. Thank you.